yo Too much pressure, watch it collapse Faded away like a Thanos snap Pointing fingers, belittling deeds And he can't bite with the hand, don't feed Riding into battle without a steed Food for thought, but won't take heed Inside my shell, I wait and bleed Knowing love isn't guaranteed, uh Hello and welcome to episode number 36 of Ope Sports with Jordan Adams. I am your host, Jordan Adams, and I am here alone tonight. Um, but that's all right. Um, let's just get right into things, and we'll start off with the NHL. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov becomes the first Minnesota Wild player to tally four consecutive seasons of 50 points or more. Um, he joins um, three other players in franchise history, becoming the fourth to have uh, at least four seasons of 50-plus points. Kaprizov did it consecutively, but uh, Koivu has seven of those seasons, Gabrick has five, and Parisi four. Uh, Miko Koivu, Marion Gabrick, and Zach Parisi, obviously. Um, very fascinating stat. Um you know, I I feel like Koivu just he he hardly ever got the twenty goal seasons, but he always had a lot of assists. So fifty point seasons doesn't seem far fetched for him. Uh, Gabby, I mean, he was our first legitimate goal scorer, and Prezi was. I feel like he would, you know, pretty much be around that 30-30, the goals and assists each season. Um, yeah, he was he was really good at just, uh, you know, injuries and age and all that, cap hit. Um, but Kaprizov is definitely on another level from all of these guys. I mean, I, I know a lot of people will love Gabrick and say he's the first major superstar. Then others will say, well, Koivu is. And, you know, I, I think truly Koivu was the first player that deserved a jersey retirement in franchise history, but I will say Kirill Kaprizov is the first quote-unquote superstar in franchise history. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, you know pretty fascinated by it, and uh, I hope he continues to play here for the long haul. Um, yeah, I, I think he's gonna you know continue to rewrite the Minnesota Wild record books if he does so. Um, and that's it for hockey. Now we're gonna get right into the NFL, and the first thing I'm going to discuss is last week's Super Bowl. Um, so before I get into um, anything over it, I will uh, say that Damian did get his pick in last week. Um, it was before the Super Bowl, but it was after we had recorded. Um, so I'm still going to say it. He picked San Francisco over KC 28-24. Andrew picked uh, San Francisco to win, and I was the only one to pick uh, KC. So uh, while Damian only picked a Super Bowl game, he's 0-1. Um, Andrew 0-1 Super Bowl. I'm 1-0 in Super Bowl. But uh, total, Andrew and I both tied 7-6. and Um for the, um, the, uh, playoff picks. So pretty fascinating to me. Um, seven and six, we locked dead even. Um, but yeah, fun stuff. I, I think, uh, Andrew and I picked a lot of games similar, but we also had a lot of disagreements and, uh, you know, it was just a really fun, healthy, uh, playoff race overall. You know, it, n nothing really seemed like it was, uh, like you, like you knew it was gonna happen. It just, um, except for Casey walking, I guess after after uh, after you realize he was Patrick Mahomes, maybe we should have guessed. But um, you know, I think most of the people were still really high on Baltimore, so um, it is what it is. But I'm uh, I'm I'm really happy that you know it was a competitive slate and that uh, all our picks, you know, it wasn't it wasn't just a straight up easy pick for every single week. 
Um, and KC officially won the game um, 25 to 22 over San Francisco. Patrick Mahomes had 333 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception to go along with 66 rush yards on nine carries. And that is your Super Bowl MVP. Mahomes now boasts an impressive resume, three-time Super Bowl champ, three-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time MVP, three-time All-Pro, and six-time Pro Bowler. Just let those stats sink in. So he's ahead of Brady, uh, where he was at this point. Um, They have the same amount of rings, but uh, Mahomes has an extra MVP to top it off. So, um... Plus, he has, you know, more yards and all touchdowns and all that. So Mahomes is definitely creeping into that GOAT debate. Um, I, on, honestly, I mean, if, if he were to retire tomorrow, I just, I, I, I feel like Brady, you know, he's got that GOAT spot locked in, especially because he beat Mahomes in the AFC Championship and beat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So, you know, Mahomes is terrorizing the league now. But Brady was able to do it in his 40s against this guy. Um, so I think Brady's got that on lock until Mahomes will literally need seven or possibly eight Super Bowl victories to really have a debate. And that's kind of crazy, but um, he, he can do it. He can do it. He, he could match Brady. But honestly... I, I, I know I was born in um, uh, 95, okay? So um, I've been alive for almost 30 years. I've seen quite a lot of quarterbacks, but I definitely missed a lot too. Uh, the NFL is a very old, historic game um, or league. Um, so... I just have to say that I think he's the second best quarterback I've ever seen, personally. I mean, I know you'd probably put, like, Joe Montana ahead realistically as of right now, but Mahomes is up there. He's he's up there. I think there's a solid debate to call him the second greatest quarterback of all time already. Because um, even if he doesn't win another Super Bowl, I mean, I feel like all pros and Pro Bowls, those are going to keep stacking. There, there's no reason to think he's going to regress so much where he uh, just can't build a legacy anymore. He, he's already established a Hall of Fame career. Um, all, all that's left is, you know, that GOAT status. Um, any, anywho, um, KC also moves to 7-0 in the postseason since trading Tyreek Hill. And they beat him this year, too. They beat him. So, uh, yeah, sad times for Tyreek Hill. Um, and honestly, I, I just don't see what Miami could do to to get past KC. I mean, honestly, I still think this is probably the worst of uh, Mahomes Super Bowl teams. I mean, the defense was really good, but I, I just, I don't know. Like, you know, the, the offense was getting things together towards the end, I suppose. But it's still, it wasn't as lethal as it had been in the past. Um so I, I just think that's scary because there's no reason to think Casey's not going to be better next year. It's, you know, adding a wide receiver or two uh, in the in the draft or free agency is honestly going to really fix up that team in a, in a lot of positions and make them uh, 
very lethal at receiver because um, right now, I mean, they maybe have like probably two guys who can uh, Hardman and Rice, but um, I-, I think adding another explosive guy or someone who's like, if you had a true number one there, I mean, they're just so scary. Uh, so yeah, Casey's, they're just going to be in the run for the Super Bowl every year. And that's how we uh, are going to have to deal with it as fans of football. Um, also, this is crazy. The Kansas City's guard, Nick Allegretti, played with a torn UCL suffered during the second quarter. He managed to play all 79 snaps. Um, huge stuff considering how close this game was as well. Um, yeah, th- this guy deserves a lot of props for that. He he, he is a, a man amongst boys out there tearing at UCL. I'm just like, you know, he's, he's an O-lineman. The trenches are the most brutal position of football offensive line defensive line you are attacking each other this some of the strongest most physical gifted specimens in the world and you are going at it with everything every single down that is a rough place to play and torn ucl doesn't matter with the Super Bowl on the line. Uh, crazy stuff. So, so big props to him. Um, and Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco's head coach, drops to 0-3 in the Super Bowl. Uh, he is 0-1 as Atlanta's offensive coordinator and 0-2 as San Francisco's head coach. Um, so the question that's going to kind of come up now is, is it time to move off of Kyle Shanahan. And I know that sounds ridiculous in a sense, but I think if you like really start to look at it, maybe you're going to agree cuz he he this game for the Super Bowl, it's been reported that the 49ers didn't know the Super Bowl rules, the players didn't know the overtime rules. That that's on the coach. That's on the head coach. What are you doing? And are we not going to forget that Atlanta Super Bowl? I mean, they were up 20 five I think or something I mean it was quite a lead and Kyle Shanahan decided he's gonna get cute with it instead of you know just being smart with it cost them a Super Bowl and then he went to San Francisco right after I mean you're looking at a guy who's gonna give you a ton of regular season success and he's gonna lead your team and do uh good things but I don't know if he has it to to get that final hump like he can get to those big gains, but he's just he, he's really not good at closing the deal. Um, now, I, I say I would love to have him, and, and this can honestly be the same thing with uh, like like Andy Reid. I mean, he was considered a a really good coach, but not not a goat because he, he just couldn't finish it off with the Eagles. You know, he couldn't get there with McNabb. They couldn't get the Super Bowl. They got they got to one Super Bowl, I believe, but they lost it. Uh, I know they lost. Um, but yeah, so. But then he wants, he goes to KC, you get a generational quarterback with a generational coaching talent, and, well, I mean, we're seeing what happens, three Super Bowls, um, and probably more on the way. So, um, that could be a thing, because if you look at his quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, that was his MVP season, if I'm not mistaken, so, um... I really don't know what to say about that one, and I think if you watched it, I mean, it was, uh, that that was a hell of a Super Bowl. I really still feel bad for Julio and, uh, Matt Ryan. I feel like that was just their year, and it's just, 
it's baffling that they could not seal the deal. But um, as with San Francisco, he's had, you know, Garoppolo and now Purdy. And you might have to question the quarterbacks. Now, I I think Garoppolo is a fine quarterback, and that's probably more to do with Shanahan. Because, um, I mean, Garoppolo's fine, but I just don't think he's like an elite quarterback or anything. I mean, most, like, Detroit has Goff. I think he's much better. The Vikings have uh, Cousins. I mean, I think he's much better. Um, And they're not, like, perennial Super Bowl players. But I feel like you gave him a coach, and it really worked. But, um, so the question is going to be with Purdy. You know, and, and, like, George Kittle, like, what, two catches and four yards or something like that? Um... It just wasn't clicking, but I, Purdy didn't play bad, okay? He he just didn't play bad. He didn't play bad at all. In fact, I'd say he played good. I, I, like, I, I'm not even going to say at San Francisco, like, they didn't really do anything bad. I mean, McCaffrey had a crucial fumble, but, you know, things happen. Um, you're looking at two of the best teams, and KC has, you know, a phenomenal defense. Um, so... Things happen, but generally, I mean, San Francisco lost by three points. So it's not like they got blown out or that Purdy was completely undermatched. I mean, we're talking Mahomes. I just was saying, you know, it's probably Brady and Mahomes or, you know, maybe Brady, Montana, then Mahomes. But, like, he's up there already. And Purdy's not, okay? Like, Purdy's not a top 50 quarterback of all time. Not even a top 100 quarterback of all time right now. And he went to a Super Bowl. So, like... I don't know. I, I just feel like Purdy has a lot more he can do. He, he's uh, he's so young, and, and I just think, you know, the sky's the limit. But also, this is when you got to take advantage because, I mean, Purdy could be – he'll probably be better in two or three years. But it's also going to come with a huge cap hit to increase. So – where do you pull that from? Because they went out and got Chase Young, and we said uh, Randy Gregory. Um, they beefed up that D-line that was already really good. And they have Debo Samuel, uh, George Kittle, who I just said underproduced, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Kyle Juszczyk, Trent Williams, uh, Brandon Ayuk. Eventually, you can't keep all these guys together. I mean, quarterbacks are 30 million is not a quarterback deal anymore. It's more like 40, 45, 50 million for a quarterback at this point. So, and and Purdy's getting like under a million. I mean, like he was the last pick in the draft, so it's it's very low. Like he's not getting paid very much a year. Maybe it's over a million. I don't know. It's very low. It's around a million. Like he's not getting paid big money, and he's locked into this deal because he was taken in the draft. So I mean, let's just for simplicity say he's getting one million dollars right now this year, and when his cap goes up i mean let's just say 40 million on the low estimate of the what quarterback deals are right now one to 40 million that's a 39 million dollar difference okay so i don't know let's look at a left tackle i mean they can be 15 16 million and then you look at a tight end a premier one another 15 million that's 30 million. That's Kittle and Trent Williams. And you still have an extra like 9 million in there or something. I mean, maybe I'm a little underestimating how much these guys get paid. So maybe that's like 5 million extra or something. But still, that's a significant depth piece or a like, you know, pretty good starter for $5 million. Um, so yeah, it's just, 
how much better is he going to be to offset that cap hit that increases? So, like, that's why this is when you got to pull that trigger. So, I mean, next year he's still cheap. I, I don't think San Francisco is going to collapse next year. I think they're too good. They have too good of a GM, coaching staff. I mean, things are just, they're, they're pretty good in San Francisco. So I, I just feel like as long as they have a good draft and hit free agency right, I feel like they can make another run this year, but I mean, it is so brutal and they are the team that played the furthest. So it's, you know, the shortest break and everything. Um, I don't know. I mean, it can be really tough to get back. I mean, I was saying the same thing with Detroit. Even Dan Campbell said that for the Detroit Lions, their head coach, you know, it's going to be 10 times harder to get back. And it it really is. I mean, they've gone to multiple NFC championships and lost. They've been to the Super Bowl before San Francisco and lost even before Shanahan. I mean, there's a big drought there in San Francisco. Um, so yeah, it's 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 definitely a conversation if you move off of Kyle Shanahan. I don't think you do necessarily, but I think any person would have to start to look at things. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that are going right and a lot of things that are going wrong with the team. And when you're so close to that hump, you need to figure it out. But I feel like removing Kyle Shanahan, I mean, it's I mean, you do have Vrabel and. Um, Belichick out there so it's like you know there are some coaching candidates that could step in but I I just don't think it would improve the team necessarily I feel like you know it's just drafting well and hitting the free agency class and just you know trying to keep that band together for just one more year um but again McCaffrey Debo Samuel Kittle these are guys who get hurt a lot and they were all healthy in the Super Bowl they were all healthy so I mean, is that going to repeat? Um, they, they remember uh, just this last year when Purdy went out in the NFC Championship, and I think they lost their other quarterback too. And I mean, it was just a nightmare. The game was over. Um, there's just been a lot of injury issues there too at San Francisco, so it's uh, it's going to be a tough road. But um, yeah, I think Kyle Shanahan should stay. Um, and then the Super Bowl was also the most watched Super Bowl. Ever with 123.7 million viewers. Last year was the previous best with 115 million viewers. So that's an extra 8.7 million. Um, I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of people who didn't seem very excited about the Super Bowl, but I mean, I don't know if we were really excited about last year's Super Bowl either. Maybe it was a little more hyped, but. I'm guessing the Swifty effect had something to do with this. Um, and, they, and they definitely showed her a lot. Um, but yeah, and that's uh, that's all I got to say for the Super Bowl. So it was uh, it was actually an alright game. It was pretty fun to watch, and uh, I'm I'm glad Andrew and Damian and I were able to get our picks in. Um, and then into other NFL news, the Cowboys have hired Mike Zimmer to be their defensive coordinator. Uh, so I think he's a very good defensive mind, but uh, outdated coaching style is how I would describe Zimmer. I ruffled a lot of feathers here in Minnesota. So um, if anyone can talk on Mike Zimmer, I'd say you listen to people here in Minnesota because, um, well, you know, I'm only a podcast guy. I'm not in the front office or anything. I don't have any insider stuff. Um, but reports came out, you know, players said things. It was definitely not a good culture with him. Um, and he's not going to be the head coach, but he has a big energy and I just, 
what if he rubs someone the wrong way? What if Micah Parsons doesn't want him? What if Trayvon Diggs doesn't want him? I mean, they have a lot of stars. De'Ron Bland this year who had the most picks. Um, what if they don't like Zimmer? I mean, like, because they might clash, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. It'll be a lot easier to move off a defensive coordinator. But, um, yeah, I feel like if uh, Zimmer has all the talent in the world. So, you know, if he goes in there and everything works well, uh, great. But if he fails or there's any type of culture issues in the locker room, I think that's his last stop in the NFL. Um unless he wants to be a positions coach somewhere, but yeah, I feel like he would probably be done for him. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of like that he's there. Um, don't think it'll get him over the hump, but if it does, I'm going to be extra pissed cause he couldn't do it with us. Um, but that just makes me further think that they're not going to do it because well, there's been some collapses here, uh, from a, such a defensive mind, um, uh, that Eagles, NFC Championship will come to mind, or even the Minneapolis Miracle. We were blowing them out in the first half, and we just collapsed and had to have a miracle play to win it. Um, not the stuff you want to see with the defensive head coach. Um, but that's it for him. Um, and now running back Saquon Barkley is rumored to be headed for free agency, and I find that very likely. My only question... Perhaps a Minnesota Vikings target. Um, so the O-line has some concerns. But we know we got Darisaw. We know we got O'Neal. Probably need a new center. I like um, the left guard we had. Oh, I can't remember his name now. Um, oh, guy from the Broncos. Oh, can't remember his name. But um, I'm hoping we kind of bring him back. But I guess it'll depend on the price. Uh, Ingram, though, at right guard. Awful. Needs to be replaced. And center Bradbury needs to be replaced. Reisner, I believe, is the left guard. That is the name I could not think of. I'd like to have him. So I think he got three of five positions there. Probably looking the draft or free agency. I mean, Ingram has to be an easy replacement. You could probably go in the seventh or sixth round and find a guy. Uh, all he has to be is like the second worst player in the NFL. Uh, as long as you're better than Ingram, who's the worst, you're all good. So, uh, I, I just don't understand how he's not been, uh, replaced. Um, but oh well. Uh, so yeah, I, I feel like a running back is a big need. Um, I, I, I'm not too worried about the O-line. I feel like if you have a good running back there, he'll make things happen. Madison was just awful because we saw Akers. He went out there and made plays. Um, oh God, I, man, I'm just losing it right now. I can't remember that uh, other running back that we uh, had who was just Bustin, uh, Ty Chandler. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we had a lot of talent at running back last year behind the starter. All those guys were able to make plays and stuff and they're not nearly the caliber of Barkley. So I think if Barkley wanted to come here, wow, what an explosive boost. I mean, you know, you, you get the catching ability of Delvin Cook that you missed, but I think he's better. He's more explosive. He's shiftier. I'd take him, but I mean, there is the injury issues. There's definitely injury concern, but I would be on board with getting Barkley if the price is right. Um, but running backs, they haven't been a hot commodity in free agency. So, I mean, really, like if, if Cousins doesn't come back, I say get Barkley because then uh, you're going to draft a quarterback. You're going to give your quarterback 
Hawkinson, who will probably miss the first four games of next season. Hopefully not, but probably. You're going to give him Barkley, Hawkinson, um, Jefferson, and Addison. That is a great, great, great skill group. Um, So I'm hoping that would happen. I think that would be a big boost. But, you know, if if money's a concern and you bring back Cousins and Hunter and everything... um, you know, it's it's not going to be like the biggest loss. It's not like I have my heart set on on him, but I think he's a realistic option. Um, really, no matter what we do, I, I I would just definitely keep tabs on him because maybe no one will want to sign him. Maybe the offers will be very low. I mean, I don't know. I think he's definitely worth at least talking to with the agent to see. Hey, what are your terms? What are you thinking? How, how, what's your interest here? You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And um, I think it's always good to do your due diligence and doing it with Barkley would be a smart idea. Um, it's also rumored that Daniel Hunter will be difficult to keep with both Chicago and Jacksonville interested in the pass rusher. Um, I think that's a travesty. So... Uh, I'm thinking, you know, get rid of Cousins just because, you know, it's seeming like what he wants for a contract is ridiculous for someone coming off of an injury. And eventually we got to get younger and we got to pay Jefferson. I I think you find a young guy. And with that, you can pay Jefferson. And I think you can pay Hunter. I mean, because I think that's kind of what it's going to be. If you bring back Cousins, I don't think Hunter's here. But if you let Cousins go, I think you have Hunter. Now, our defense last year had a few good players, uh, mostly at safety, um, and then Ivan Pace Jr. is a bright spot. Uh, some of the corners started playing pretty well, so, um, but that front seven has some issues. Hunter is far and away the most talented player in that front seven position group, so losing him would be devastating because... I mean, I don't know, you bring back Cousins, whatever, you still want to look for a quarterback, I I don't know, but if you lose Hunter and Cousins, I mean, bring your quarterback in, but he is going to have a tough time, because no one on defense is going to be able to get the quarterback, so offense is just going to walk all over him, it's going to be a shootout every game, and you can't put that on a rookie quarterback. I think you have to have a game changer on defense, so I'm thinking primarily about a rookie quarterback. I would draft the rookie quarterback. I mean, I don't think you'd break the bank to get up to the third pick or second pick or fourth pick or anything. I think you kind of watch as things go draft day. Um, unless, you know, some teams start making moves here before uh, aggressively, but I would just pay attention on draft day and just kind of let the guy fall to you, but do not rush it. I mean, I, I would seriously just chill that's kind of what happens if you let go of cousins so i'd probably you know find a veteran quarterback in free agency i don't know maybe look towards someone like garoppolo i don't know just for like a bridge year or something or um Minshew. i don't know what his availability is but someone like that could bridge it or in case we miss out on a guy because i don't want to trade a bunch of picks for a bunch of future years on a guy who might not pan out and i don't want to reach for a guy that you're just scared might not be on the board later because you need to have a quarterback 
Um, at 11, if there's a great pass rusher to pair with Hunter, great. If there's a great corner, I would add that. I mean, there is a lot of things you can do. The defense still needs help and playmakers, and you can even go offense. Um, you know, the O-line could use some help. Um, I don't, honestly, that's all I'd do if I was going to do offense in the first round quarterback. Or I, I think that's way too early for a center, so I'd probably look, you know defense or quarterback that first round for sure but i'd say you know let go of cousins and then in free agency you know re-sign hunter talk to barkley potentially get him on board and get a veteran quarterback presence boom and then in the draft you know get your quarterback and have him battle it out in camp whoever's better i'd say go for it and then I don't know, in the second round or third, I mean, who do you look for in the second round? Maybe like a, a, then you'd look for a guard or center or also defensive talent if you get a quarterback. I mean, whatever. But I just think you need, our team just clearly needs talent. They need an upgrade of talent. Um, And I don't know, that's another guy, Winfield Jr. we had talked about. He could be a big talent upgrade at uh, safety, uh, further bolstering that group but he could be costly you know if hunter goes he might be a nice compensation prize to get him on board but uh imagine both of them too like that could be a huge boost for our defense i'm just not sure um all i know is davenport will be gone so you know free up that cap room um that's pretty great so um but yeah hunter i don't want to see him leave uh he had 16 and a half sacks in 2023 a career high and he has 87 and a half career sacks third in franchise history i mean he's a legend in vikings history that's just there's no other way around it so um it would be you know just very sad if he were to leave um but you know even if he does i feel like his vikings fans there's no reason you wouldn't love daniel hunter um he's an all-time great he's an all-time great um i just would love to see him finish his career here i really would um you know cousins didn't start here and he already has a legacy with the vikings but you know and hunter does too but hunters was drafted here it's, it's just a little different you know um but yeah, so it is what it is. Um, and also the Minnesota Vikings have been named the best team name in the NFL via the Kelsey Bros Podcast Tourney. Um, I mean, I'm biased, but it is a pretty cool name. The Vikings, I mean, that strikes fear. You know, the Dolphins, I, mean, I don't know, that doesn't really scare me that much. Um, you know, the Buccaneers, oh, that's pretty cool, but it doesn't hit quite as hard as Vikings, you know, I mean, Cardinals eagles eh, jets eh, browns bangles i mean none of these names really get me it's i mean vikings it really is a good name so um yeah i'm glad we get recognized and finally we are going to do the ope sports um nfl awards for 2023 um we were going to do this last week, but I thought we would wait till last, since we did the all pro list last week, we'd uh, conclude the season with the Super Bowl and do our picks. Um, so we will do four awards. Um, we will do an offensive MVP and a defensive MVP. There is no offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year or MVP award. It's just offensive and defensive mvps could be any offensive player any defensive player um because i just feel like you know it, it's really tough and the whole offensive 
player of the year and MVP when they're, you know, it just really doesn't make sense to me. I, I just feel like you have an offensive player of the year and a defensive player of the year. Like McCaffrey was the offensive player of the year for the NFL. And but Lamar Jackson's the MVP. I mean, I don't know. I'd kind of say the best offensive player was probably the MVP, if not the best defensive player. So I figured this would just simplify things. And then we will do the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year. So Without further ado, we will start with the rookies. Um, Defensive Rookie of the Year is Will Anderson Jr. from Houston, defensive end. Um, Yeah, he he had a great campaign. He he really did. Uh, Jalen Carter from the Eagles got uh, one vote of the three, uh, so he did not make uh, Rookie of the Year defensively, but um, they both had good campaigns, but uh, Anderson Jr., um, you know, he led a defense that, um, I don't know, kind of exceeded expectations getting the squad to the playoffs and he did have, uh, an extra sack over Carter. So, um, yeah. And he also did win the NFL's award for defensive rookie of the year. So props to Will Anderson Jr. And the offensive rookie of the year is a unanimous selection. CJ Stroud from Houston quarterback He's the one who won it in the NFL as well. Uh, he wins it for us. Houston sweeps the rookie category. Um, Stroud played phenomenal. Uh, honestly, I had him as the second best quarterback of the year after Lamar Jackson. I thought he played really good. Um, I, I wonder if he'll have a sophomore slump because he played just so freaking good his rookie year. He played just out of his mind. Uh, I don't think he has the same success in Carolina, but... Um, yeah, he's definitely going to be the better or the best uh, quarterback of this class by far, and uh, Houston should be very, very pleased. And the defensive MVP of the NFL, a unanimous selection, Miles Garrett from Cleveland, defensive end. Um, yeah, you know he he won it. He won the defensive player of the year for the NFL. Um, and this guy is just great. He he, he really is. He's a uh... Cleveland would not be who they are without Miles Garrett. I mean, he is a guy that you have to game plan for, a la Aaron Donald, year in and year out. And he just seems to keep getting better at some point. So, um, big sack total. Um, Unanimous selection, you know, enough said. And uh, then we have offensive MVP, Christian McCaffrey from San Francisco at running back. Uh, This was not a unanimous selection. Again, uh, one vote went to Lamar Jackson. Um, But listen, Christian McCaffrey... It's 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 a toss up, you know. Uh, I was debating between the two, but I really thought that McCaffrey deserved it. He 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 just had a dominant year running and was able to stay healthy. Um, Damian was saying, you know, I think if McCaffrey wasn't on the San Francisco 49ers, they would still be good. But if Lamar Jackson wasn't on Baltimore, they wouldn't be very good. Which I do agree, but um, I just I don't know. I'm not. I I don't think any quarterback had a truly remarkable season. I mean, Lamar Jackson looked really good. Like, I think he was the best quarterback, but no quarterback had a 
a historic season. You know, no one threw for 5,500 yards or 6,000 yards. No one threw for 50 touchdowns. Like, none of that great stuff happened. You still had really good stats and players who won a lot of games convincingly, but it just wasn't like a historic eye-popping year at anything. But when you look at the position groups, I think if Hill had crossed 2,000, he probably would have gotten my vote, but it didn't happen. Um, but McCaffrey eye-popping stats across the board and uh i think that's what you look for with uh when we're given this award the offensive mvp um so yeah i'm just uh i'm I'm very happy we're able to do that so uh i will repeat the uh awards offensive mvp from san francisco christian mccaffrey running back defensive mvp from cleveland miles garrett defensive end unanimous selection offensive rookie from houston cj stroud quarterback unanimous selection and defensive rookie will anderson jr from houston at defensive end um so yeah very very cool stuff i'm glad we're able to get in uh an all pro list and an award so i think we will continue to do that um for next season you know as long as everyone is still wanting to because uh i definitely had so much fun discussing the nfl this year going over the divisions the different uh games that went on for the vikings and talking about the playoffs making picks uh it, it was truly fun um and you know, if if you guys didn't listen, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do this. You know, it's the fact that you, the listeners, are willing to listen to someone like me Babylon about sports. Um, I appreciate it more than anything. I know I love having Damien on. I love having Andrew on, and I can't wait to have them on more. Um, as this is the final um nfl podcast um of the of the season now that it has concluded the uh playoffs um i think the podcast will be a little less frequent we've been doing weekly since uh september so um you know five or six months of uh non-stop weekly podcast is definitely tiring but uh i still love doing these and we have free agency coming up and the nfl draft so you know we're not done there's still the timberwolves they are going to make a run in the playoffs the minnesota wild they're creeping into the playoff picture the minnesota twins are beginning uh spring training you know there's a lot of sports going on and we will discuss it um so just probably not weekly anymore but hey that might happen we might do little 15 20 minute episodes we'll have to see but that's the future plan for this um but we will definitely be back to doing weekly podcasts for the next NFL season. But I would expect more bi-weekly podcasts uh, going forward. Um, maybe they will be a little more frequent once the playoffs start in the N- uh, NBA and NHL. But uh, that is it for today. So again, I thank you so much to you listeners from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Damien, for joining me this NFL season and uh, giving me your time and uh, discussing football and other sports with me. Uh, I I very much appreciate it. Uh, Words can't really express how much it means. So uh, just thank you to all the listeners out there. And that's it for this Ope Sports episode. Jordan Adams signing off. 
Yo, too much pressure, watch it collapse Faded away like a Thanos snap Pointing fingers, belittling deeds And he can't bite with the hand, don't feed Riding into battle without a steed Food for thought, but won't take heed Hits on my shell, I wait and bleed Knowing love isn't guaranteed, uh